Hello, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Dave, and today I have a special treat. I am talking to three amazing people who are helping customers in Latin America with AI and ML and Gen AI and everything else that's cool and that's going on in the region. So I'd like to welcome Rebecca Gonzalez, Head of Enablement for the Generative AI Innovation Center, Elizabeth Fuentes, a developer advocate in Latin America, and Nelly Andrade, who's a community manager uh, for Latin America. Folks, thank you so much for coming and talk with me today. Thanks for having us. Thank My you, pleasure. Dave. You're welcome. So why don't we start with careers in tech? How did you all arrive in, in tech? I can be the first. Yes, go ahead. Well, Thank hi. you, Elizabeth. Hi, I am Elizabeth. Uh, before being here in this cloud world, uh, I was program manager uh, in fiber optic construction. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> what? Yeah, I have uh, 10 years of experience in the telecommunication world. And one day, I enrolled in a master's degree in data science. And one day I go, to, I don't know, I, I knew the communities and I start my, my journey in this community, uh, in this cloud world, uh, thanks to the community. Yeah. And I was AWS leader of one user group here in Chile, AWS leader of AWS Girls Chile here. Oh, and wow. I was community builder. I think builder that's how I, I first saw you online and everything that you're doing with that. I saw you with a big uh, avocado for developer uh, yeah, yeah. avocado. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, one, one friend here in the community, Maria Isabel, she gave me the, the big avocado. <laughs> and yeah, and the avocado. Uh, in, I don't know if you noticed, but there is the, all the user group, uh, what is the name? Logos. So right. it was a gift. Uh, for the community. Oh, so, so great. Well, yeah. This is me. <laughs> wow. And so with where the fiber optics, were they in Chile or the whole region? And no, it was here in Chile. And so that's really bringing connectivity to people across that entire region. And I, one of the things I did years ago uh, was I worked for a company that did the transatlantic cable. Wow. And just, it was very maritime and just seeing how it connected countries and human beings and the talk. And I just, you know, that natural journey between doing that and then understanding community and being connected with community and moving into your role is just, I can see the, I can see the dots connected. That's, that's amazing. Does it, I don't know, it's, it's, it's rare. <laughs> yeah. I can go next. Uh, okay. This is Nelly. I'm Mexican, if you can hear my, my accent. I am an engineer, but I'm a sustainable development engineer. I never in my life thought I was going to end up in a tech company. But during my professional career, I was able to work always close to different communities. Not all of them were technical communities at once. So I was working with them and growing different communities in Latin America and beyond. And now... After a long period of time, I, I have the huge privilege of being able to work very, very close to the tech communities that specifically work around cloud and, and AWS. And, and they're, they're just pure inspiration. I mean, these are the people that either organize meetups and events to talk and yeah, create their own advocacy in their cities and in their countries, or the persons that create a lot of content 
in Latin America, specifically in Spanish or in Portuguese. And of course, as you mentioned, they, the, the Heroes program where... Um, you know, these are our superstar advocates that are uh, just sharing knowledge and doing great events and creating a lot of impact in, in the region. So, yeah, I feel super privileged of being in, in my role here in, in LATAM, in AWS. And that's, yeah, a little bit about me. Yeah, I feel like I should have had Maria Vallava on the, on the show, too. She's been on the podcast before, but she's a DA yeah. that does a podcast in Spanish. And so you're all, you know, you're all speaking multiple languages and I'm just here being basic Dave. And so I think it's, you know, incredible. And you're all being extremely humble because one of the things we learned, and I'll put links to this, is when Memo came on and talked about the region, you travel so much. You are in so many different countries with so many different people and all of these different cultures. It, and I'll make sure I put all in the show notes links to, to follow you all online. But when you want to see community, uh, and there was that huge women in, in tech event in Latin America too, which was just incredible, which was blowing up on LinkedIn and people see that's all of you that, that are doing that. So, so thank you. Yeah, well, it's all the community. We we enable a little bit, but it's really it's all their energy, all their resources. Um, they're they're the ones putting up the work. But yeah, I'll definitely share also a link where, if anyone wants to learn more about the different communities in the countries in Latin or beyond, I mean, they can go ahead and click there. Great. I guess it's my turn. Hi, my name is Rebecca, and I am based in Austin, Texas. So I started my career in tech. In a, from a very different perspective. So I uh, was a journalism major in college. And so I assumed that I would be a journalist and that I would ask all the hard questions and change the world with all the stories that I published, you know, typical 18, 19 year old <laughs> aspirations. I got out into the real world. I began to start my journalism career. And then I realized that it wasn't for me. And what uh, the person I would have to be to be successful in my career is not a person that I was excited about. Good for you. Quite Good honest. for you. Yeah. So I changed. But some of the great skills that I learned in college, getting my journalism degree, was the, the skill of writing. And because I came from a multilingual family, so I grew up on the southern part of Texas, uh, we like to say we did not cross the border. The border crossed us. <laughs> my family lived has lived in the same place in Texas for five generations, and wow. sometimes we were Mexican, a unas veces mexicanos y a unas veces te tejanos también. <laughs> so sometimes we were Mexican, and then we became Texan um, right. because of where the war or the battle landed. So my family has been in South Texas for over five generations, grew up speaking Spanish. And one of the things I realized very early on was there was lack of translation. And I'm not just talking about languages. I'm talking about technology to actual real human language. <laughs> so taking yeah. technology and making it real to either our customers or our partners. And there was a lack in that. So I started by writing. I started by just literally creating content for websites at a startup I was on. And then once I did that, I said, my goodness, there are so many people that don't understand the power of our technology. So I'm going to sit in between. And that's basically where I made my career, sitting in between the tech side of the world and the non-tech side of the world and having them speak the same language and translating. And that is very much a direct, a direct outcome of how I grew up, speaking Spanish at home, speaking English at school, and then connecting those dots for my, my family and, and for my friends. I love that. And I love that you've been 
you know, for me, just on a personally, like family is so important to me. I'm kind of a deep rooted person. I never drop friends. There's people I've known for 40 years in my life, you know, and it's, it's so important to have the roots as, as we're in 2023, right? As everything's changing, but you have this, you know, and that you have all of that, that center. I, I love that you have that. And it's incredible. I mean, I admire writers so much. Uh, Emily Freeman, one of the hosts on this show too, who wrote the DevOps for Dummies book. Like she is just the people who can write who can, because it forces you to formulate counter arguments while you're writing. Like it really does flush things out. And for someone who's just very much running off of my intuitive side and my subconscious all the time, it really does, I admire that. And I feel like that's, you've been able to, you know, it, and we don't say enough about that in tech. You know, if you can write, like the number, I would say 60% of success at Amazon is your ability to write for anyone listening, right? Yeah. So if, if you love writing and you think, oh no, it's all it's all tech and everything. No, this is like super important in, in our field. So I so like to say you. that I was probably the first person anyone interviewed that they were like, our culture is a writing culture. And I was like, yes, so exciting. Oh, wow. That's yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Uh, and dating back a, a long time. Can you can you speak to, you know, just that um, you know, all 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 three of you uh, you know, feel free to, to, to kind of your, your journey of like raising your hand and saying, you know, what is community? What is this? You know, how do I participate in this events for someone listening right now? Uh, you know, how do I get started? And what does that mean? What does it mean to be a young engineer? What does it mean to, to you know, be in tech and, and coming from your background and just unique, amazing perspective that you all have? I can say community for me is something like you can, grow all together you know community is like i don't know like a universe and this universe can grow together because in community you can share the knowledge so i I love community because well i i am i am part of all, all the latin community and i i love to share this we can all grow together yeah, I can, I can, I can add maybe to that. You know, I mean, I started as an engineer and I started sustainability, and I thought I was gonna be doing all of these like super environmental things. And and by engineer too, Nelly, like not to interrupt you, but you are a real engineer, like not not software engineer. Like maybe you want to tell the audience, like you were building communities and things. Like yeah, no, and I, I mean, when I started working with communities, for me it wasn't clear. Like I. I thought it was make, like it was black or white, like either I'm an engineer doing engineer stuff or I was building communities. But then now, like in this role, when I look back, I think it's it's the community that allows you and helps you to connect the dots. You know, it's meeting the people, it's creating programs together, it's the safe space that it doesn't matter where you were coming from. If you were a, a, a different type of engineer or you were a marketer or a program manager, like within this safe space of knowledge sharing and sometimes it's just sharing a pizza and trying to understand better like a small or a huge problem that you have or you know exchanging stickers but that small now face-to-face and you know this couple of years in the past a little bit more virtual I think allows you individually to connect your dots 
um, and hopefully help others when when you didn't know they, they needed help or you didn't know you were actually um, helping them with a comment, feedback, or I don't know, just a, a happy thought. Yeah, we're, we're community builders all, all together. Um, that, is, that is definitely true. But yeah, I think those will be my, my two cents around, you know, around community and connecting the dots. And then how, well, I guess the second part that I missed is how to, how to, how do you get involved, right? And most of the persons, they're literally just trying to look for answers you know, in the web. So they're like, how do I find, how do, how do I do this? Or how do I do that? Or how do I find an answer? And most of the time, a safe space where you can find friends and hopefully get your questions asked is, is definitely within tech communities. I would, of course, encourage whoever's listening to join uh, an AWS user group. And and yeah, that's, that, that's a really, really nice space because they speak your language, literally. <laughs> Either when you're in Latham or in any other country in the world. And and yeah, they have so many available resources for you. So so were you invited by people into the community or did you all find that on kind of your own journey? Maybe you went online and you were like local user groups or because for me, and this may sound so, so weird and people who have known me now for decades are like, what, Dave? But there was a point I didn't know what a user group was. I didn't know what a code camp was. I didn't know how to find these things. <laughs> I had no no clue. And it was only through coworkers and other people that were like, hey, you know, there's like 50 people in a room. We get together, uh, you know, once a week if you want to come by and just introduce yourself. And so it was that human invitation uh, that brought me in. And I I agree with you, Elizabeth, is the only other time I had seen that is in family and church was every age, every background. It didn't matter. There was no judgment. It was, we're all here uh, together. <laughs> and that's what really attracted me. I think that's why I've been part of that so long. Cause that's not, you know, as much as companies try, that's not, or that's not corporate life, <laughs> you know, but that is community. And I think it's because nobody there's no ego, you know, in, in human beings at that point. There's no ego. Everybody's just kind of there to, to, to help out. Was, were you invited or was it a natural kind of journey that you found? For me, I, I found the user group uh, in LinkedIn. You know, oh, yeah. I want to learn more. Yeah. And uh, I start to search, to do searching in LinkedIn. And I find, I found, sorry, the user group, um, AWS user group Peru. And here in Chile, you know, the, all this is all the user group are virtual, and I start to 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 join the meetups virtually, of course. And one day, uh, Carlos Carlos Cortez, a hero, he invited me to do a session oh, about wow. IoT. And Was that your first talk? Yeah, wow. about IoT. Yeah, uh, in AWS in AWS Core. And it was great. It was like, I don't know, I feel like I need more. Yeah. <laughs> I need more. How, many, how many years ago was that? How many years ago? Oh, wow. Um, three years Okay. Ago. So take a step back. In 36 months, you found a user group on LinkedIn. You did a talk. And now you're a developer advocate at Amazon yeah. Resources, helping people cross region. Like, take a step back and, and think about that. You know, I, you never know. I, where and I had a baby too. <laughs> wow, good for you, Mama. Wow, that's incredible. Yes, yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because when I when I uh, when I did this session, I was pregnant. 
uh, I don't know, I was about five months. Uh, I don't know wow. the word to say that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, about half, about halfway through, right? A little bit, about four months left, and yeah, that's incredible. Boy or girl, if you don't mind me asking. And girl, I have two girls. I I have two girls too, and they've changed my life. They made me a better a better person. So that that's incredible, and uh, just you know, kind of going for the because that is I I used to get that all the time. Uh, even before Amazon, when I worked at Microsoft, uh, there's a group out there. Shout out to Philly.net. Uh, people were so nervous to do their first talk. And it was like, you're a living example of that. You go do a talk, you never know what that ignites in front of you and what you do and the journey that you'll be on. I was like, never be afraid to go do a talk. Like just even to like prove something to yourself, you know, just get up there and 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 do a talk. So that's, that's amazing. You know, this is, I don't know, I said that, an issue that we have because not a lot of people want to be a speaker. And right. you know, the the mission is to encourage these people. Hey, you can be a speaker, and yep. the best the best thing about this is that you can learn when you are a speaker. You learn more about the the content. So yep. if someone is here, you can be a speaker too. Come on, this is a religion. <laughs> it's the um the the Feynman technique talked about that too. I'm and I'm not gonna do him justice, but it was to know a thing, you have to be able to communicate it to another person. To understand a thing, you have to be able to teach it. Because in you know, usually most of the things we go through our life, we've just heard of things. So we're repeating things. But to actually truly understand a thing is you could ask me any question about it and I'm able to answer. And that's what teachers do, you know? And I always felt like speaking was part of that because you always have those conversations afterwards. And I'm like, that's a really good question. I never thought about that, right? It's perspective, which is so huge. Just those different perspectives. Uh, Nellie, how did you uh, get started with, with the community, the tech community? So I was engaged with communities and tech communities in general, but I, the whole cloud and AWS universe was, you know, and it was also by the time I came or I arrived to AWS, we were right in the moment of, you know, going back into in-person events, coming back to office, you know, everything was just still happening a lot. So, so it was a really exciting time for me, you know, just getting to know the community. Even I've been in AWS now for the last maybe 17 months or so. And, and they feel like family, you know, the communities are super welcoming either the, in my case, the Spanish speaking or the Portuguese speaking um, communities there. I mean, we're Latinos, right? We, we welcome everyone with big hugs. I wish I could go to everyone's house and have a, you know, share a meal with their families, but it's a very, very fraternal um, community overall. And I love that. And the culture, you can tell that culture at reInvent, I've never been hugged so much. You know, and, and it's so welcoming. And someone who grew up at the Jersey Shore, like I'm naturally a hugger, so I have to basically hold that back. But it was so welcoming, and I and it's it's just great to see the job that you're all doing. I want to, uh, you know, trends because you talked a little bit about 2020. Um, you know, Rebecca, maybe you can talk because you know the Innovation Center and everything going on. Like as we look at community and we look at. AWS's role in machine learning and AI, what does this all mean, right? If, if anyone's interested in it right now, maybe they've checked different things out. To you, what is 
you know, gen, generative AI and what's really new here? Is it all hype and what, what can yeah. we make real? <laughs> that, that's a great point. One of the things I wanted to, to kind of tie back to the community conversation that you were just having that I think is super important. I love the perspective from Elizabeth and Nelly. They are in country. They are running user groups for yeah. Latin America. And what I wanted to talk about a tiny bit before we switch to the generative AI topic is these communities, sometimes for marginalized groups and for groups that don't see themselves in tech in the United States are a little bit more difficult to broach, right? So I feel the difficulty from the community here in the United States, because as a Latina that has lived my whole life in the United States, right? there is that welcoming side of our culture that we don't see reflected back to us from tech, right? So what I've always done is I've always held meetups for Latino entrepreneurs, for Latino startups in predominantly white spaces because, and every time I did this, I said, you're welcome here, right? Like you people of color, women, anyone that doesn't see themselves in tech, finding these communities and just showing up sometimes is difficult, right? So I always said, you're welcome here. I want you to know, you know, by coming to this event, you are a part of this community. So keep coming back, right? And and opening those doors because a lot of times, especially if you're a young engineer and Nellie was was an engineer working on sustainability, right? So she's like, am I welcome here, right? Like, so having those conversations and and that those communities are a wonderful first step into feeling comfortable with tech as a whole, because a lot of times when we don't see ourselves and as a Latina in tech, I can tell you, (laughs) this is the only time other than our Latinos at Amazon events that I've been on a platform like this about tech with so many people of heritage in Latin America. So I think it's super important that we tell everyone listening to this podcast, you're welcome. Like you are welcome here. Come to a meeting. If it's user group in San Francisco or Bolivia or wherever, you know, even though it's not, you might not see yourself. And unfortunately, I think a lot of us have the experience of being the only or the first like I was the first person from my family to go to college, right? I was, I am one of the only, um, I don't know of any other Latinas that have the same experience that I do. It's very hard to look around the room and be the only, but the way you help with that and help to move that forward is just jumping in and being a part of it, right? And trying it out. It might not be the best, like you might decide in the long run, that's not the community you want to join, but at least having that first step I think is super important. So sorry for the little detraction. No, no, please. No, Rebecca, that, I mean, I'm welling up here listening to you. <laughs> like, I think it's uh, as someone who took for granted examples growing up. Yeah. You three folks are examples to people, you know, like, like take a step back and, uh, you know, sharing and, and seeing that I do feel it's so important to, to, as a human being to see, oh, I'm not alone. And I'm welcome here. And I I think that's so important. So thank you for, for pointing that out. Yeah. So uh, from the generative AI conversation, right, the impact to our communities of this technology, I think, is going to be one of the most transformative that we've right. seen. Right. AI. So we, if, if you will go back with me a bit, 
first it was data, right? Data is the new oil, right? There was a big cover on, I think it was The Economist that talked about data is the most valuable thing. And it is, absolutely. Then we went to, oh, AI. AI is going to change the world, right? And then now it's, oh, next step generation. So generative AI, it's going to, it's going to be like something we've never seen before. So I love balancing the hype with the practicality and, but taking that view of how it's going to impact our communities, right? If you look at AI and how AI has been created, it's been created by a very, very small population of people and it impacts a ginormous <laughs> population of people. And the delta in, of, of just basic information and education of the people that create it versus the people that are affected by it, that it impacts is so different, right? And I think, so AI itself is already impactful and transformative in, in a number of ways, right? There's good and there's bad. There's the positive things that AI has, has given us, right? Like all the tech startups that use these, these technologies, but at the same time, it also can be used in a uh, nefarious mode that that we don't uh, we're not happy about, right? But just like any other tool, people use it for good, and people can also use it for bad. So, I think from a community perspective and how we look at generative AI, the main difference is it generates things. It actually comes out with things. We used to say that uh, AI makes predictions, but humans make the decisions. So you're kind of switching it a little bit where generative AI is actually creating things, right? Text, um, images, music, you name it, right? Where we're coming up with these algorithms that and these models that can do this, right? So it's a little bit different. But here's the thing, that basis is always the same, right? It starts with data. What data you're using, what data you're putting into it. Now, the foundation models are different than your standard ML models, right? Because they can do a number of different things. They can be trained to do a number of different things. But as we're thinking about it from a community perspective, I love thinking about the people that are building it need to be educated on what is best for their community because their outcomes are magnified, right? There's bias everywhere. We have biases as human beings. Data has bias in it. And it's our job to interact with that community and say, what are we, how do we support this? How do we, how do we want to use generative AI for our society, right? How do we want it to impact our community? And how do we educate ourselves to see how we can participate or how we can opt out? I agree. I, it's so insightful, Rebecca. I, in, in, like, I'm, I'm trying to formulate this thought, but I feel like lately it's almost like generative AI and these, these foundation models, and it's a mirror to us as a human. And it's like, if you haven't had high self-awareness again, you know, and you haven't had a chance to really analyze, it's like, wow, no, no, you, you think this is what you are, but this is actually what you are, you know, because it's looking across all of those things. And I think it's going to help us learn as human beings yeah. of, you know, how we've been treating each other and maybe how we've thought and how people felt and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. When we talk about like what is practical with generative AI, like let's just think about so so what we're going to talk about like very basically is is assistance and productivity, right? So taking all those things that maybe is repetitive or that can be done by a model and doing that, so then our developers get to focus on like really impactful problems and and kind of being strategic and instead of doing all the code 
you work with Code Whisperer, you free up some time to think about those big problems, right? What are the problems facing your community and how can you use generative AI to solve them? Now, of course, not every problem is to be solved by generative AI, right? But at the same time, really getting back and, and connecting to the community that you are supporting and saying what what could actually help us like how is this gonna how is this gonna move us forward if you're a startup working anywhere in the world in latin america specifically right what can i already not have to deal with so what what can i outsource to generative ai that therefore i can move on to something bigger and 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 more you know strategic or that, those big hairy problems that keep us up at night so I think it's a it's a tool, and I think that uh, the sooner we educate ourselves and really understand, um, the better it is, and the better it is for our communities. I couldn't agree more. Like I think that's that's super important. We've been able to see well, I've been able to see attend different meetups organized in in, in a couple of different countries in Latin, and that's always the question that they ask. You know, it's like how does how will AI impact my life and my work life? right now you know and, and and i see the tone and and it's always inspiring to see either the person the leaders of our community try to explain you know that some use cases you know how it can save them time etc but it's i always always in every session i've seen that they've organized or held that's that's the first question that they make yeah and i love how you phrased it rebecca is that day to day i you know I used to think this when I was coding, you know, full time, I'm like, I just want the computer to get it out of my brain and turn it into code. I'm tired of trying to remember every little language and every little thing. And this is the first time in my career where I almost felt like a developer manager than a single coder, where I'm like, I've got, I've got a couple different devs under me that I can say, write a function that does this. And so it's, it's changing the day to day is how I would say it, right? Because I don't think there's a human being, unless, you know, I am kind of quirky and a dork, but I think there's a lot of human beings that are like, I just wish that what I'm thinking would just materialize. You know, the, the physical, that we're in this physical reality of, of taking thought into those things. That to me is really where that, that change is here. Can you talk about how you you know, how AWS has looked at this generative AI innovation center and how it can enable, uh, you know, customers, how marginalized communities can think about that. Really the taking the, you know, cause we're in a bit of a hype cycle, just taking that and now just what, what we can make a reality today. Yeah, absolutely. So the reason that we started the Generative AI Innovation Center is, is a legacy, right? My team used to be the Machine Learning Solutions Lab. And we were created to enable our customers to use our technology in the most responsible and impactful way. So we started with SageMaker, which was launched, what, seven years ago? I, I'm probably off. But we started with yeah. SageMaker and helping our customers. We basically worked side by side to enable our customers on how to use SageMaker. So that's what we're doing now for our generative AI services. So we've changed our focus. It's still ML, right? It's still the machine learning. There's still models. There's still all those things. But we work with our customers to help them figure out, most importantly, the most impactful and most appropriate use case. So that's how generative AI and just traditional ML is a little bit different, right? We are leading from a perspective of utility. What is actually going to help our customers with their businesses? 
not every not everyone that gets nominated. So we have a nomination and qualification process. Not everyone that gets nominated gets accepted because we we call it it's a bit of art and science, right? We want to see that these are actual use cases that can go into production. We want to make sure they're executed responsibly, but we also want to make sure there's business value, right? So we work hand in hand with our customers to at the top is identify the right use case because not every use case is going to be right for generative AI. Some people like to talk about chatbots, right? And I I think chatbots and LLMs are a great use case or an LLMs being large language models. But the problem is if you want your chatbot to answer five things, do you really want to attach the whole world of language models onto that chatbot? I'm going to say no, you probably don't. If you want your chatbot to say, you know, number one, talk to a representative and then four other things, you don't really need that level of model to be have a great chatbot, right? So, so really, truly thinking through the business application and how that, that um, impacts your business. From the perspective of a marginalized community, as I mentioned before, small portion of the world comes up with the models that affects the largest portion of the world. So my advice to that is, as we talk about how we have a place in technology, this is what we bring to the table. When we're talking about responsible AI and how to use the technology responsibly, technology is a very small part. What actually is more important is the people in the process, right? What people do you have working on a problem? If you don't have a diverse group of data scientists, machine learning engineers, really coming together to formulate the problem and the solution, they're not gonna understand how maybe taking some data that's biased against a certain population and putting that into the model is going to replicate itself, right? We don't want that. So we want people to say, I understand that this data has bias in it because it all does, right? Now, the extent of that bias and the harm that that bias can cause is basically measured by how we mitigate that bias, right? So if you have someone on the data team that understands how rolling out a specific um, model for a specific population, say, to make a, a, a customer-facing application, right? If you don't understand the problem, you're never going to solve for it. So having people with these huge, diverse learning experiences that come from different places have impact into what that model does is huge. And that's how it starts, right? Just being aware of the bias and figuring out how to mitigate it because there's no way to be bias-free. It, it doesn't exist, right? So it's bringing in different members of the community, different members of the, the not only gender and race, but socioeconomic background and, and where you were born in the world and how you interact with other people. So that's what weaves into the diversity. And that's why we want so many new, like so many different faces to be engaged because you have that direct impact and you can say, hey, I don't know if that's going to be a great idea because here's the other things that I've experienced in my life. And we all have so very different life experiences that I just want people to know, I guess the message I wanted to send is get involved and, and understand, even though you're not from a technology perspective, you can have an impact if you just speak to what your community is witnessing, what your community is, is experiencing and how you can help the community. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. That, what you say, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. You know, community needs to involve, to involve, to learn. And to help to help other people. Thank you, Rebecca. Really. <laughs> yeah. 
And I, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, the thing is like you start with, I'm a human being and I'm flawed. And it's only together through those different dimensions, those different perspectives, those, every life experience, every unique situation is so beautiful into itself. And it teaches you so much that you didn't see. And bringing all of that together, I'm so excited that, you know, AWS is doing this and that you are all, um, you know, out there and you're leading these communities, you're growing these communities. I will make sure I include all the links for the Innovation Center and everything else that we talked about. I just want to leave it with what has you all excited for the future? You know, this is is so fast. I don't know. I don't know what what could happen. I, I, I don't know. This, yeah. is, this is really fast. I don't have an answer. That's an answer in and of itself. You know, there. I think a lot of people struggle right now with control. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, my hope, that light that comes inside me is possibility. I, I'm still that little kid. That's why I got in the computer. I, I just excited that things weren't going to be stagnant, that I, I always felt like they were going to get better and that we were going to see more and more that stuff that was going to bring us closer together. I love that. In my, in my case, I think, I mean, something that I, that stick Uh, of this conversation is, I think what you were mentioning, Rebecca, about representation. And I see it like the power of one. Like when you see one person that maybe looks like you, speaks like you, has an accent like you, you think like, oh, it's possible. And then, you know, that one person brings another and another and another. And in a way, at least in, in the role that I am, I've been able to see how we started with having one woman focused group or one woman focused AWS group and community, and now we have eight. And and my wish and what has me excited for the future, I think it's like just seeing how in geos like Latin America and maybe other you know regions around the world, we we have more representation and more more diversity. Because as as you were also saying, Rebecca and Ellie, I think mentioned it too, like the more diverse the people that are building the tech are then the the higher impact and the and the more they're going to be able to serve people right so so i think that's that's what excites me and and i hope to see more women and and more just in general more more diversity in, in aws and beyond yeah and i'll make sure i include those links too it was incredible seeing that go on uh you know just across all of my feeds of everything coming together so uh i'll make sure i include all of that where can the audience follow all of you online yeah in, well, I am in LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. I, you know, I, I would love to help people. And if you wanna, if you are in Latin America, and you wanna learn more about AWS, please feel free to contact me. I, I'm going to be happy to help you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm at Nelly Andrade in all of my socials: LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. I think I'm easy to find online. And also I'm based in Mexico City, but I'm all over Latam, so happy to engage. If anyone is in Mexico City anytime soon, I'll be happy to take you to the best tacos in town. <laughs> that's th- th- Those are the best. Um, but yeah, no, that, at Nelly Andrade, that, that's how anyone can find me in any of my socials. That's th- th- Those are the best. Fantastic. Um, I think you're going to put my LinkedIn in the show yeah. notes. I am also on Twitter, but I am so not very active right now. Uh, but I'll put both of those into the uh, into the show notes. But it's Rebecca Gonzalez on LinkedIn. I know there's a billion of us, but we'll put the link in there. I'll ma- yeah, I make sure I'll include it. Well, just thank you, folks. Just the three of you, you're incredible. Everything that you're doing, I super admire you. I super appreciate you. 
And thank you so much for taking the time today to come and talk to our audience. Welcome back anytime. I'd love to hear about all of the changes that you continue to do. And I know that you're going to do uh, both for the rest of this year and the future to come. So thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. It was super inspiring. Thank you, Dave. And welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am your host, Dave. And today, oh, fail <gasps> to start recording. The following participants may experience connection problems. Nelly. All right, hold on. It's saying it's you, but I'm seeing it there. Okay, all right. So don't worry. I'll just redo it. Those little warning messages pop up from time to time. It's like, did you get a message on your on your side? Okay. I did see your waveform when you spoke, so you'll be okay. So I'm just going to edit this part out, all right? And it's not your fault, even if it did. It's all good. It's just the software. Okay. You ready?